Hey, everybody. Why are the suburbs going blue? What is it about suburban America that we might be missing? We talk about that in a way that no one else will approach it exclusively here on the Charlie Kirk Show. You can always email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. Please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. If you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. Why are the suburbs going blue? That and so much more, including the United Airlines incident. That is a metaphor for what we're going through. Buckle up, everyone. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Good Ranchers began with the standard of bringing top-quality, 100% American-born, raised, and harvested meat to families across America. This vision was instilled into them from their grandparents that owned community grocery stores and believed in trust, charity, and family values. Look, we've talked about Good Ranchers before. They sent us an unbelievable box of meat. And producer Connor, he brought it home, and he said it was unbelievable. Seriously, he started, he started talking about it uninterrupted for quite some time. It was perfectly marbled. It was unbelievable. In fact, he was sending us videos of him cooking the meat. We haven't been able to calm him down because then they sent us a ham and it got completely out of control. So look, Good Ranchers is a good partner. They do a great job. And as always, Good Ranchers is 100% American beef and chicken. And now they have pork. Steaks are always USADA choice and higher. Chicken is 100% all natural, no hormones. And it's individually wrapped, vacuum sealed, and ready to grill. So look, I'm going to tell you this again. Good Ranchers, quality meat. You love your country, then you have to buy meat from our country. It's the envy of the world, okay? Most of the rest of the world, they don't have meat like we have in America. Here's what Good Ranchers do. You go to goodranchers.com. You browse through their beautiful website, easy to use. So go do that. And then all of a sudden you say, I want to order dinner for the next two weeks. That's where Good Ranchers comes in. They send you a box of meat and then use that promo code Charlie and they send you a free Berkshire Hickory ham. Boom. Win. Problem solved. Love America. GoodRanchers.com, promo code Charlie, and then just email us how much you love the meat. Thanks so much. Our Turning Point USA Student Action Summit is coming up in two days. We've got the greatest lineup of speakers you could possibly imagine, and we are here in Florida for that. Just when most of the country is shuttered and scared, people are afraid to come out of their own shadows. We're hosting a big event, and we're doing it proudly. I want to get to cut 67. Bernie Sanders. I haven't yet seen the kind of progressive appointments I would like to see. Is Bernie signaling that Joe Biden actually played the Bernie Sanders base just to get power? Play cut 67. But if you're asking me, have we seen the kind of progressive uh, appointments, uh, nominations that I would like to see? The answer is uh, not yet. So Bernie Sanders is kind of speaking out against some of the more corporatist technocratic candidates. Now, we warned about this on this program. We said Bernie Sanders was being used. Any Bernie Sanders voter that voted for Joe Biden voted for diametrically opposite views than that of Bernie Sanders. If you want 
voice for the little man to fight the big guy, then you should vote for Donald Trump. Every institution was against Donald Trump. Every single institution. So Bernie Sanders is getting increasingly anxious that the appointments are not exactly what he wants to see. Senator Lindsey Graham in Cut 73 talks about something. And look, Lindsey Graham, he's a complete and total wild card. You have no idea what you're going to get day to day. One day he's talking about invading another sovereign country and a different continent. The other day he's insulting Donald Trump. Sometimes he's spot on. And this is one of those times where he talks about that if we do not challenge the social media companies and mail-in voting, conservatism is dead for good. Play cut 73. There's two threats to conservatism, mass mail-in voting unverified and social media companies unregulated, unable to be sued when they take down the content of conservatives. Social media companies Mm -hmm. and mail-in voting will destroy conservatism if we don't push back. Well, at least he's talking about pushing back. It would have been nice if Republicans took this seriously when we controlled the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate back in 2016 instead of cutting corporate taxes. But Senator Lindsey Graham is correct that if we do not challenge this vote-by-mail nonsense that has now come all the way across the country, if we do not hold these tech companies into some form of account, we're not going to have a country anymore. They will control the mechanisms of actually how we do elections. You see, Democrats are no longer worried about being persuasive. Uh, Democrats don't care that their ideas are unpopular. They don't care about their ideas being radically out of the mainstream of thinking for most Americans. Instead, Democrats are only focused on, do we have the attorney generals? Do we have the secretary of states? Do we have the people that tabulate the votes? Do we get the changes in the vote counting measures we want? Do we change the way that people vote? And do we have the tech companies to propagandize the public and silence and stifle anyone that dares speak out? We did our entire podcast yesterday and our radio show yesterday on the hydroxychloroquine hunter biden and the heinous voter fraud i highly encourage you to check it out Uh, we talked about this at length but if we're not serious about standing up to and challenging a lot of these entrenched interests then we are not going to have any form of a country as i mentioned in the previous hour There's an amazing opportunity, the last opportunity that we have to actually challenge these election results. If every Republican United States senator is serious, not just doing all talk, no action, but serious about investigating the fraud and holding up the fraud and not putting their name behind it, they should rely on one of the measures that our founding fathers gave us that gives us life support gives the Constitutional Republic life support. And that is, the United States Senate has to certify the Electoral College results. Interestingly, a lot of senators don't really want to talk about this right now. A lot of the senators are unwilling to actually have a conversation about it. And it's probably one of the most important topics and one of the most important things that could be done. Senator Lankford said that 42,000 people in Nevada voted more than once, 1,500 dead, 19,000 didn't live in Nevada. Will will Senator Lankford now vote to certify an election that he himself said was a fraud? Senator Rand Paul said the fraud happened. The election in many ways was stolen, and the only way it will be fixed 
is reinforcing the laws. So we have not a lack of evidence. We have an overabundance of evidence to show that this entire election was stolen. The question is, will the United States senators do something about this? Let's go to cut 42. Ron Johnson saying a large percentage of Americans simply don't think this was a legitimate election. Play cut 42. I think we have all kinds of examples of fraud, and we know a large percentage of the American public just simply don't think this is a legitimate election. That's an unsustainable state of affairs for our, for our country. We have to have confidence in our elections. Yes. We need to restore that confidence. One of the ways to do that is with the oversight hearings, point out what went wrong so things can be corrected and controls can be put in place for the next election. Now, we are not allowed to talk about Dominion voting systems, hammer and scorecard and all these sorts of things. So I'm currently not talking about it, but let's talk about the machines that might be manipulated, I'm not talking about it. Joe Biden is talking about it. Play cut 40. How are you going to keep it from us being able to be in a position where you can manipulate the machines, manipulate the records? The one way to do that is I think we should pass a federal law mandating that the same machines with paper trails be mandatory for every federal election. That's Joe Biden in 2007 say that machines can be manipulated. And that we need a paper trail for every election. Let's go to cut 41 of Joe Biden saying we should mandate federally for a paper ballot with a standard machine. Cut 41. We can't mandate, as you know, state elections. We can't tell the state of Delaware or Ohio or Texas what machines and what method they use to vote in their state election. But we can do it federally. So in a nutshell, I think we should be mandating, mandating that we have a paper ballot with a standardized machine, standardized uh, requirement. Interesting how Joe Biden was so worried about election fraud at some point. That Joe Biden was so worried that machines could possibly be manipulated and that he wanted a paper trail for every election. Do we have a paper trail right now? And Joe Biden says these are unfounded conspiracy theories. This was all the way back in 2007. So for quite some time, uh, Joe Biden has been warning and concerned about voter fraud. It's interesting how voter fraud becomes a non-issue as soon as they start to benefit from it. So anyone who dares talks about how there is no claims of the machines being manipulated. Just ask the question, why is it that United States senators, including when Biden was a U.S. senator, Democrat U.S. senators, were so interested in looking into this? Or is that conversation now completely and totally suppressed? That is something that we are not allowed to even ask about. Through the years, I've had the privilege of knowing some amazing people. One of those amazing people was Herman Cain. Unfortunately, we lost Herman this fall. Herman was the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza. He battled and beat cancer. He ran for president in 2012. He was a talk radio host in Atlanta for many years. Herman was an amazing man whose life embodied the values we strive to live and pass along to our kids and grandkids. Belief in God, the power of personal responsibility, hard work, and a good education. Living each day with a thankful heart, Porta CEO is one of the most inspirational, entertaining films I've ever watched, and you can watch it right here at SalemNow.com. Use the promo code Kirk and save 20%. Watch Porta CEO, the Herman Cain story at SalemNow.com. Okay. I want to get to this article here that was sent to me insistently by producer Andrew, but it's on a website that I have blocked on my uh, computer. So I had to lift the blocker 538, which is a con man website, um, which is written by the con man himself, Nate Silver. But this is actually a good piece, unfortunately, 
So I do give attribution where it is needed and 538.com. I, I don't like, I can't stand it for a variety. They just make stuff up. They're novelists. They're not polist, pollsters. They just are absolute. They, they, they work in the space of fiction. And Nate Silver is an absolute fool. Okay, but anyway, this story is really good because it actually goes through some data that they're not able to uh, change or manipulate. And so it talks about suburbs. Why have the suburbs shifted blue? So the predominant viewpoint from a lot of people is the suburbs have shifted blue because they're getting more racially diverse. That's actually not the case. It's the opposite. They're actually the suburbs that have gotten more diverse actually went further for Trump. Then it's versus 2016, depending on the suburb. But the one through line is that the suburbs are becoming more college educated. The, the, basically the conclusion of this story is that it's colleges that are infecting our entire country. We've been talking about this a lot. This is why we do what we do at Turning Point USA. When you send your children to college, you're playing Russian roulette with their values. As Dennis Prager says, he would not send anybody he loves to the college system. I completely agree with them. My favorite question to ask people is, why are you going to college? Well, my parents are making me. Awful reason. Why are you going to college? Well, to get a job. That's not a good reason to go to college either. And some people say, well, I need to go to college to get a job. That's not true. Did you know that 59% of people that go to college graduate, 41% drop out? Did you know that 54% of people that graduate college, they find jobs, if they're able to find a job, that do not require a college degree? If you're studying English, communications, soft social sciences, or psychology, going to college is a complete and total scam and waste of time. Now, if you're trying to become a lawyer, trying to become a doctor, engineer, college is for you because you have a skill. The question for every college graduate is, what is your skill? As Victor Davis Hansen has famously said, we should have exit surveys. We should have exit tests for graduates. Show me what you can do that a high school graduate cannot do that is excluded being able to name all the specific gender pronouns and the reason why America is awful. This is why the suburbs are going blue. They're going blue because for the last 10 and a half years, 10 to 15, 20 years, mostly, we've had a surge of upper middle class families post kind of 1990s that all of a sudden have money, a little bit of money. They're like, I want my kids to do what I do. I spoke at this event and some of my best friends were in the room. They were great. And it was in Highland Park, Texas, Dallas. And I said to the room, I said, one of the major problems is that no one in this room would be proud of their kid if all of a sudden they came home and they'd say, I want to be a plumber. Everyone in the room, you would say, are you sure you want to be a plumber? That feels like a little dirty or nasty. You sure you don't want to be a data analyst or go work in finance? Working with your hands, working in the muscular economy is considered to be subpar for the ruling class neighborhoods across the country. Uh, be careful what college you send your kids to. Ask the question, why are they going to college? And if you talk to some of our people at Turning Point USA that work for us, they'll be the first one to tell you that they would have done their entire career path differently. And I mean, useless is the word that most people say. Now, I never went to college. So when I talk about this, I, I'm the worst and the best person to talk about it. So I'm the worst because I actually didn't have the institutional experience of going. In some ways, I'm the best because I don't have the institutional experience of going. So I can show you, I could show what you can do if you don't go. So it's kind of a weighted thing. And I fully admit that. But basically, we have an entire generation of young people 
that are borrowing money they do not have to study things that don't matter, to find jobs that do not exist. And the universities and the college and the campuses are creating, they're actually creating weaker, less informed, less grateful people that go out into the world not to build, not to rise up from the bottom up, but instead to tear down, to destroy what came before them. This is why I encourage everyone that's listening to this to homeschool your children. I think homeschooling needs to catch on even more in our country, and it's getting big very, very quickly. And so a lot of parents say that they want their child to be educated. I think that is a wonderful goal for your children. If your goal is for your children to get educated, ask yourself the question, is college the best place to do that? You see, we live in a time where you can independently study almost anything at any time, thanks to the access to internet. If you have the will to learn, you could become a master in almost anything. What college has done, and secondly, they don't teach the great books in college. They don't teach, they don't teach Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. They don't teach Descartes. They don't teach John Locke, Edmund Burke, Hume. They don't teach the authors and the writers and the thinkers that are worthy of our appreciation. Instead, they teach this evangelistic nihilism that the world has no meaning. There's no such thing as beauty or truth. What college should be is we should tease young people that there is beauty and truth out in the world. Let's work together to maybe find out if we can get close to it. That's what college used to be. That is what schooling was, was this kind of teasing of young people where they got students interested in the pursuit of finding truth. Now the exact opposite happens. Now students are told from a very young age, there is nothing but horror, power struggles, and darkness on this planet. There is no truth. There is no beauty. There is nothing that is rooted in absolutes, and don't even dare look or try. You tell that to a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, 14-year-old, a 16-year-old. What what do you think they're going to end up believing when they're 20? And now part of this is also economic. Uh, Don't be surprised when you send an entire generation to college where they get no skills, many of whom do not graduate. They get filled with this idea that you should not marry. And so we have more single 30-year-olds than any other time in American history. They fill our inner cities. So they are renting, not owning, in vertical housing units. By the time they turn 30 or 31, don't be surprised when all of a sudden they lose complete and total faith in the system when that very expensive piece of paper has become nothing more than a boot camp for the disintegration of Western civilization. Don't be surprised when all of a sudden that group of people wants to tear down everything from within. And part of it is our fault. I touched on this yesterday when I was talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. 
the foolish socialist from New York. She's foolish but popular. And here's the way that most kind of business Republicans brand AOC and Bernie Sanders. I just had a couple breakfasts recently kind of around this theme. They say that young people only like them because they want free stuff. It's completely wrong. They like Bernie Sanders and AOC because they want freedom. To use the biblical equivalent of the story, these are the Israelites trapped in Egypt, forced to labor. They're looking for a Moses. They're looking for a liberator. Now, what's hilarious about the story is that if they ever actually get their student loan debt relieved and you play out the biblical narrative, they're going to start complaining like instantaneously, which is exactly what happened in Exodus. Moses comes along, starts talking about freedom. All of a sudden, Pharaoh comes along and doubles the brick output. There's like, who's this Moses guy? I hate him. Moses leads them out, uh, the people of Israel into the wilderness, and they start complaining to God. They say, I'm hungry. I'm cold. I don't like this whole freedom thing. But young people look at Bernie Sanders and AOC as their liberators. And they're not totally incorrect. Because for a generation that has been so lied to about the college cartel, because their upper middle class parents believed in this mythology that the, the, the passage of college was going to make them richer, going to make them wealthier, was going to give them satisfaction. And then they go and do the college experiment, and any business ideas they might have had probably disappeared. You want to know why entrepreneurialism is like disappearing in our country? It's because people are studying entrepreneurialism, whatever that is, in college. I always joke around. I mean this as lovingly as I can. What the heck does it mean to study entrepreneurialism? You do entrepreneurialism. You don't study entrepreneurialism. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm studying entrepreneurial activities. What the heck is that? Well, I'm studying the great entrepreneurs. No, Okay, th- th- that would be a history lesson, okay? You want to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur? Go take a risk, make payroll, not have enough money to satisfy all of your bills, have every person that you thought that was your friend or ally get twisted around, not sleep for five years of your life. That's what an entrepreneur is. You'll learn along the way, trust me. I could tell from someone who started something from almost nothing. And so you play this out. It actually explains this, this, uh, whatever this article is from the con artists, 538.com. Why have the suburbs shifted blue? Well, because a lot of young people are living at home. 52% of all college graduates are living at home with their parents. So all of a sudden they're re-registering to vote at the suburbs. Like, whoa, we have all this influx of these hyper communists. 52% of college grads are living at home. 52%. A majority of young adults in the U.S. live with their parents for the first time since the Great Depression. 52%. In July, this is why the suburbs also turn blue. It's because you got all these, you got all these campus communists flooding the suburbs. And you know what's really interesting? I, t- I tell people this all the time. You know, young people influence their parents voting more than you could ever imagine. Young people persuade their parents to vote a lot of ways. You think it's the opposite. It works both ways. I mean, I think that there's plenty of parents that influence their kids. You'd be amazed at how many suburban women email me and they say their child persuaded them to vote a certain way. It's incredible. To give an idea of how dramatic this is, 52% of young people living at home with their parents 
Do you know that that number, the year I was born, was 36%? 36%. Now, the definition of this is young adult. And by the way, I don't mean any criticism. If you're listening to this and your kids are living at home with you, the, the, the lockdowns have made it almost impossible because of these stupid politicians and these self-righteous politicians that are afraid of bad press and actually embracing a platform of epidemiology and public policy rooted in bravery and wisdom and said it's the safetyest nonsense. But the share of 18 to 29-year-olds living at home is 52%. So if you just take more than half of all 18 to 29-year-olds, they're living at home. Not self-sufficient. Not earning an income. And yes, it's very much like Europe. The government takes care of you. Very little ambition. No personal responsibility. Don't go out and marry. Don't have a lot of children. I'll have one of each. So how do we break out of this? How about you open up the country and you stop sending your kids to college and stop funding these universities and defund the colleges through these taxpayer dollars? It's funny. Republicans controlled the mechanisms of power. They didn't do anything to challenge the college cartel. It was President Donald Trump that signed the executive order on freedom of speech. One of my good friends who listens to this program is probably listening right now. He made a great, he made a great argument. He said, didn't you notice that churches, taverns, restaurants, places like that is where most of the people are able to talk kind of off the record, off the record, kind of talk about things unfiltered, talk about how awful that Cuomo and that Newsom guy is. We have now hyper-digitized everything where A, people think they're monitored, two, the speech is policed, three, everyone also self-censors, so they're just less honest. And then you get the people that really speak out on social media and they get publicly crucified. But imagine if all the bars, the restaurants, and the taverns were open. We wouldn't put up with this, these lockdowns at all. You want to know why Americans are not resisting these anti-scientific pro-death lockdowns? That's what they are. They're pro-death. If you support lockdowns, you want death. That's, that's the framing we must use. I want to tell you guys about Good Rancher. Good Ranchers began with the standard of bringing top quality, 100% American-born, raised and harvested meat to families across America. This vision was instilled into them from their grandparents that owned community grocery stores and believed in trust, charity, and family values. GoodRanchers.com partners directly with only American ranches from across the United States to bring the highest quality meat straight to your door. Have the best Christmas ever with Good Ranchers free hickory honey holiday ham. Every new subscription gets a Berkshire hickory Honey smoked ham for free. Our Berkshire hams are 100%, no antibiotics ever, 100% hormone free, 100% born and raised in America. As always, Good Ranchers is 100% American beef and chicken and now pork. GoodRanchers.com. Get 100% American beef raised right to your door. Beef the way it used to be. Skip the grocery store lines and it will be delivered to you for free and the taste is always delicious. Don't waste your money on cheap cuts and overseas beef. Buying from the other guys, get the American beef cuts your family deserves with Good Ranchers. Buy today at GoodRanchers.com. Again, GoodRanchers.com delivers your favorite meats right to your door. Perfect for grilling out or dinners at home. Go to GoodRanchers.com to view all their American beef and chicken packages. Use the promo code CHARLIE to get your free Berkshire Hickory Honey Smoked Ham with your purchase. That's GoodRanchers.com right now. Use the promo code CHARLIE. Get the Berkshire Ham free for a limited time only. GoodRanchers.com, promo code CHARLIE. United Airlines, which is in the competition for one of the worst airlines on the planet, 
which isn't saying much. They're all awful. It's just a matter of who's the absolute and total worst. Um, they kicked off a two-year-old and their family because she wouldn't keep their mask on. Now, in defense of United Airlines, at least they didn't beat the living snot out of her and drag her through the aisle like they are known to do. That is a United Airlines practice where they just drag people through the aisle that don't want to be on there. Remember two, three years ago or that, that poor guy? I think he was flying to Virginia or something. He just didn't want his flight to get changed. Do you remember this? And they just beat him up and then they just dragged him unwillingly through the aisle. It was brutal. I have to say that the United Airlines stewardesses uh, ended up being uh, a lot nicer after that. Okay, let's just be very clear. The tyranny that goes into this and the lack of response and rebellion has been unbelievable to me. I'm really glad I was not on that flight. Do you know why? I would have stood up for this family and it would not have gone well for me. I probably would have gotten barred forever from United Airlines. Why didn't other people stand up? Do we know if anyone else stood up? Do we know if anyone else stood up to these tyrants? I got in a fight with a flight attendant, which is a frequent thing. Because these, look, some of them mean very well. Some of them are very wonderful people. I had wonderful flight attendants from American recently. They, I mean that. But this other flight attendant I had for American was just the worst. Started screaming at me. And I had my mask up to my nose, but it didn't cover my whole nose, but it covered the part where the air comes out of the nose and just screaming at me. And again, I don't, I don't expect anyone to stand up for me. But this is the number one part of the story that no one's talking about the United Airlines story. Where were the other passengers? Where were they? They're okay with this crap. Oh, I want to get to Newark, so I'm going to stay quiet. I don't cause any problems. Can you see how the 20th century unfolded now? Can you see that? This was a metaphor for everything that's going on in our country right now. Somebody else go fight, not me. I got to go get to Newark. Two-year-old can't keep a mask on? And that's reason to discharge them from a plane? That's the part that no one else was talking about here. This is the safetyism hyperfeminization of our country. Sit down, shut up, don't stand up for the weak or the innocent, which is literally the definition of a two-year-old, weak and innocent, worthy of protection. Their family tried to do their best. We're getting the video, right? We're trying to pull that. They said they were just trying to take a weekend trip for a holiday tradition with friends to see the Rockefeller tree. Not much to see this year. We were holding this mask on her face. And yet these tyrannical flight attendants who missed their calling being gulag officers in Stalin's Soviet Union decided to destroy their life. Not their life, but their weekend and cause a lot of problems. I shouldn't say their life. Is United going to fire these people? I thought the policy was you have to be three years old or higher to have a mask on. Five years old, and so they just enforce this thing tyrannically and arbitrarily. What is the risk of a two-year-old dying from the Chinese coronavirus? And by the way, if a two-year-old hasn't gotten the Chinese coronavirus yet, considering they live in germ factories, they're probably not going to get them while they're sitting in their parents' lap on the way to Rockefeller Center. If we can't defend two-year-olds, how are we supposed to defend the United States Constitution? Producer Andrew has a two-year-old. He's told me many times that... You'll be lucky to get them to just sit and not climb over the chair or not cry for four hours straight, let alone wear a mask perfectly. 
The only way it would be possible if they medicated your children, which is what the left wants. They would rather that they gave this poor young girl some form of a tranquilizer, but at least she had her mask on. It's true. It's not America. Where were the other passengers? It's a metaphor for what we're going on right now. Are you going to sit idly by while our country, our republic, and our civilization is being screamed at by some gulag flight attendant? Or are you going to stand up for the weak and the innocent? That's the question. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Email us your questions. As always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless.